0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledger from PewterReport.com, along with me today. Scott Reynolds back from suspension, also from PewterReport.com. <laughs> I'm
1: working, man. <laughs> the last Come time
0: on. I said you were suspended, we got like a couple uh, people that watched the show after, and they were like, Why was Scott suspended? They were like, Thought it was serious. It's been too long since we did that joke i think
1: yeah yeah that's kind of like a running gag for our old time uh back when we were the pewter nation podcast we whenever somebody wasn't on the podcast they were naturally suspended so um we've retired the bit i guess we're bringing it back
0: so but uh, i guess we yeah. are i, I just I'm i fell back.
1: into that one john i'm ready to talk running backs today let's talk some i more. know
0: you are invigorated about this running back uh, discussion, yeah. uh, potential uh, a rookie. You have you actually need to sort out your rookie draft crushes right now, Scott. Well, you have a lot of, guess, you have a, a love is in the air. I mean, you've got a lot yeah. right now. You are playing the field pretty hard with this running back group, and uh, yeah. so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about. The Bucks' current free agent situation, in other words, who the Bucs have at the running back position that are free agents and kind of some options that there that they might, including Leonard Fournette, what his future might look like with the team, the odds of him coming back. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, other free agent options. Could the Bucs yeah. double dip? Could it be a free agent option and a draft pick at the running back group this offseason? Uh, we've got a lot of running back chatter coming your way today, and it's all brought to you by our friends at Texas. chug John,
1: chug you got me a <laughs> good chug Celsius orange today and why not it's my favorite flavor
0: great flavor I mean orange uh blueberry pomegranate orange is like one of the originals and it's still yeah. uh, one of your favorites but yeah Celsius uh you know uh man I cannot we cannot say enough good things about them on the show as we always say uh from the variety of flavors uh but also just the fact that they are able to make, create a healthy drink that tastes yeah. that good and gives you the energy bump that you need it's pretty rare. I didn't think that yeah. that was going to happen. Energy I didn't think it volume. was going to be one I would like.
1: And no crash. And the reason why is no sugar, no preservatives. Yep. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. Most important thing I'm going to say today is where can you find it? Go to PeterReport.com, click on those Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon. You can buy them in bulk. You can even do subscribe and save and save money that way. If you're not sure, where Celsius is sold around you. they got a great little store locator on Celsius.com. Make sure you go there, click on that, put in your address, and all of a sudden all these convenience stores and stores like Target and grocery stores, they'll pop up and they'll tell you exactly where you can get Celsius in a location near
0: you. Yeah, absolutely. Celsius, good stuff as always. The Bucks' running back room, not so much this past season, Scott. I did think that they – you know, held up their end of the deal uh, down the stretch and in the playoffs well enough, largely thanks to Leonard Fournette. But Leonard! at the same time, yes, Leonard. Uh, but at the, we might not get to hear that again, Scott. It would be sad. In some ways, I don't want this team to spend any cap space on Leonard Fournette for sure. But the reality is we would miss out on one of our favorite segments from in season. So I guess as it stands right now, Scott, knowing we're, knowing the very little that we do at this point in time, do you think Leonard Fournette is back with the Bucks next season?
1: I don't, because he is not a, a priority to this team. I mean, th- this team is trying to figure out a way to keep Levante David, to keep Shaq Barrett, to re-sign Ndamukong Suh, and, Su and, uh, and, and I, I think Rob Gronkowski's in the mix right there, and obviously this guy named Chris Godwin, who's going to be your franchise player, Buccaneer fans. Those are the top priorities, and that's a lot of money. That's a lot of, of guys they have to focus on, and I think Leonard Fournette is, is down the pecking order, as he should be as a running back who split carries with Ronald Jones. Now Jones is entering the fourth and final year of his rookie contract. So running running back does become a pressing need. The good news for the Buccaneers is there's a plethora of running backs that really can fit this this team to a T in terms Mm -hmm. of of what they need, which is a pass catcher out of the running back position. We saw them sign LaShawn McCoy. They found out there's not much gas left in the tank. I think that prompted them to get Leonard Fournette at the start of the season after Jacksonville cut him. And it was a good pickup. He was an okay third mm-hmm. down back, had some some good bit blitz pickups, some not so good blitz pickups, had some good catches out of the backfield, some drops out of the backfield. Ronald Jones never proved that he could be that third down back in Tampa, so they need that. And there's yeah. a lot of, of guys in free agency that can probably not share the load with Ronald Jones like Fournette did in really being a not just a third down back but a one, two, and three down mm-hmm. back. For the Bucks. But the good news, John, there's a lot of running backs in this draft class that can, if they're drafted, share that load and and maybe eventually replace Ronald Jones after this year because you don't pay running backs.
0: Right, you don't. And I think that it's clearly the position of need. Now we'll see what happens in free agency. I don't think it's the most important position, even you know, compared to the getting a third edge rusher or something like that. But I do think it's when you look at the roster, it's like one of the few spots where you're like, I really don't know. I wouldn't even say who's going to start. Okay, maybe that's Ronald Jones. But uh, first time catching the podcast live, Anthony says, Bucks fans, Bucs fan from Wichita, Kansas." I feel. Feed on the salt yeah, of Kansas sure. City's tears, <laughs> as do we. Right. Um, but I don't think that the running back position necessarily is the most important, but it is the one where I would say I'm not really even sure who plays the majority of snaps there going next season. Yes, everyone's going to say, Ronald Jones would have ran for 1,000 yards if he hadn't got hurt. And maybe that is enough to get him to play the majority of snaps yeah. depending on where and what pedigree of back they're able to bring in. We don't know that this offseason. But I definitely know this. There is no <laughs> plan on the Bucs' part right now they're not settled on Ronald Jones playing the majority of snaps right now. It may pan out that way. Maybe there's a run on running backs. They don't take one in the first round. And they again, right. like last year, they get pushed in the third round. They didn't have one. So they're you know grabbing a guy in the third round that's going to play a small role. They signed somebody right. like Duke Johnson. We'll talk about in a second. And Ronald Jones ends up shouldering most, most of the snap yeah. counts because of that. But I know, for, I know that right now they are not looking at the running back going, oh, Ronald Jones is going to play like 80% of our snaps next season. That's right. just not it's, how they're looking
1: at it. It's not what Bruce Arians wants to do. If, if Ronald Jones was, was a younger David Johnson, mm-hmm. it could be that, that three-down back, not third down, but a three-down back, a guy that can run it on first and second down, catch it on third downs, then maybe he, he's that guy. But we know he's not that guy. And right. as a result, you saw over, over the two years that Bruce Arians has been in Tampa, John, it is a two back system: Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones in mm-hmm. 2019, and Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette uh, last year. Eric Cullison, uh, It would be interesting to see if the Bucks go after Marlon Mack if they don't draft a running back early or don't reassign Fournette. The interesting thing about Mack is not only the fact that he's a USF product mm-hmm. right here in Tampa Bay; they really liked him in the in the 2017 draft class. As a matter of fact. Two of those backs they liked in the middle of, of the, the draft, Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, who was my draft crush that year. and they mm, ended Me up- too. <laughs> that worked out pretty well. Um, but then Marlon Mack, who I believe, went in the fourth round to, um, uh, to Indianapolis. And, of course, the Buccaneers, there was a lot of great running backs that year in that draft class. Nick Chubb, a whole bunch of guys. But the Buccaneers – waited too long and they had to settle for Jeremy McNichols at a boise state. Dirk Cutter's alma mater. Boy was he a boss.
0: That position has been elusive for Jason Light. You know, as good as well as he's drafted that position and and kicker for a while were really elusive spots. Um every GM kind of has those. I mean if Ronald Jones certainly from where he started it it looked like he was never going to get to the point where he is now. And you know I think like I said I've always said on the show, he's a talented player, more talented runner than Leonard Fournette for sure. I would rather have yep. the ball in the hands of Ronald Jones if it wasn't for mess. You know, again, it's the ball. Once you can you get the ball in his hands, you know, not just fumbles. I know he had some issues yep. with that early in the season, but he's just not a very reliable football player. He doesn't run routes well. He doesn't get his head around to find the football. He drops the yep. football a lot. You can't count on him all the time. You yep. can't count on him in pass protection to do the right things. And going into year one, going coming out of year one, that's not that big of a deal. Coming into yep. year four, that's a big deal. That's something yeah. you can't, yeah. you gotta
1: plan for. It really is. And and just to kind of follow up on Marlon Mack, the problem with him is great player, but coming off an Achilles injury. And uh, that happened right around the start of the season. I think September 18th, 20th, something like that for Indianapolis, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. So basically right. his his contract year was spent rehabbing an Achilles injury. And that, that's a little tricky. You don't want to sit there and throw a bunch of money at Marlon Mack in that situation. He's probably going to have to sign a one-year prove-it deal to prove that that Achilles is, is a hundred percent. And some guys, they, they do fine. They come back from the Achilles injury. And mm-hmm. of course that's Tampa Bay's hope with OJ Howard, the tight end, who's in his entering his fifth year option after suffering an Achilles injury against uh, the chargers back in what week four, week three, week four, yep. something like that. Uh, week four. Yeah. But um, sometimes they, the players can pop those again. So I, I think if Marlon Mack is on the Bucks radar, it would be after the initial wave of free agency and then really in a situation where he is maybe one of the, the better guys out there left and probably have to sign a one-year approval deal. Mm-hmm. But there's other free agent running backs out there, John, that I think yes. the like is going to target. Shall we hit right. on some of them?
0: Yeah, we will hit on some of those. So we, we established just a real quick recap that uh, Leonard Fournette, we don't think he's going to be back. But at the same time, we recognize the fact that there is a weird market out there in free agency. And also Leonard Fournette continues to on social media. I think Mike Evans uh, went live on IG the other day. Leonard Fournette was like, let's do it again. Let's run it back. And he, I think he said, run it back by the way, not me. So, um, but he was saying that. Uh, and so it was, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it could mean nothing obviously, but it is, it does seem funny that Fournette is so intent on coming back when, it seemed right. like he really wanted to, you know, a bigger role would be kind of a thing that he would want at his age and his pedigree, and I think he would get it uh, if he went somewhere else. Uh, so I don't know. Again, if you're the box, I don't really think it's a big priority because I think you can upgrade for for I would assume cheaper, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving forward. So uh, Scott Federico wants to know: any chance CJ ProSize can contribute as a third down back pass catcher? Yeah. So it's interesting if kept yeah. ProSize around. But he just can't stay healthy, and so I yep. mean, it's it's a possibility. Sure, it's like a TJ Logan. If he surprises you and stays healthy, and you know, right. maybe I mean, there's athleticism's always been there for Prophase. There's been a couple flashes in the NFL, uh, but he's never been a pure running back, and he's not really a wide receiver, even though he's a good pass catching back. Yep. So it's kind of like where do you get him on the field? Is he better at at pass catching and, and running routes and protection, especially protection, than right. other guys? And the answer is consistently been no. So it would be a surprise. But I won't totally roll it out. And he's definitely a guy that I'll have my eye on if, if he makes it to camp with the team for sure. Yeah, he just, he really hasn't
1: done much in the NFL. You know, he had two starts in his rookie season back in Seattle when he was a third round pick mm-hmm. out of uh, Notre Dame, I believe. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at him in that year 172 yards, uh, one touchdown on the ground, 17 catches, 208 yards. That's, that's a healthy wow. 12.2 average but only played in six games with two starts due to injury. and then you you know you look and he didn't have he didn't have a single start after that. And in his time in Seattle, he played in five games in 2017, five games in 2018, nine games in, in 2019, but really just as, as a, a role player as a, as a bit player. I mean, um, 72 yards in, in 2019 and, and a touchdown. that's that's his best rushing performance. Since his rookie season, and uh, he just hasn't been able to, like you said, stay healthy and really, really find his niche in in uh, in Seattle or Houston where he played last year.
0: Right. Jack Barrett mentions a good thing here. Same with Rex Burkhead coming off an ACL tear with the ability to stay healthy. Uh, you know, I, you've talked about this a little bit, Scott. But you just don't think with the ACL tear, even if he played with Brady, it's it just might not be the best option for the Bucs or an option they're even that interested in.
1: Yeah, and he's 31, too. I think it's different. Yeah. He's 26, 27 maybe, but he's 31. He, he does have a history of injuries, and then you, you've got the ACL tear. And it happened late in the season, John. That's the thing it happened in, at the end of November. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that certainly would rule him out until training camp, maybe at the very uh, earliest in which he gets on the field. And then sometimes players, they come storming right back. We saw that with Adrian Peterson with, what, like a 2,000-yard season after an ACL tear, but he's a freak. Um, you know, it. I just don't know because sometimes, and we we've seen it here in Tampa with Quan Alexander coming off an ACL tear. Sometimes it mm-hmm. takes players a full year, and then the next year is where they get back to their their normal self, right? right. Whether it's mental or physical, whatever it is. So I just don't know that that you want to take a chance on a Rex Burkhead, even though he's got the relationship and history with Brady, because mm-hmm. there's two other guys out there. Yeah, T.M. Lewis with the Giants who caught a touchdown pass on Devin White in that Monday night game, John, he's also 31, played with the Patriots, does have, uh, I think, six years with with uh, with with Brady there. Maybe it's four years uh, with Brady. So there, there is a history there. Another guy is James White, who's a little bit younger at age 29, six-year history with Brady in New England, and his role kind of been diminished a little bit. So I think whether it's Lewis or whether it's James White, and I would lean to White. He was mm-hmm. the guy we had in our Buck's best bet for the running back preview section. Uh, those those are two very capable pass-catching guys that could come in and and be that third down back to certainly replace LaShawn McCoy on the roster. And then you've got uh, a, a veteran that can catch the ball, in addition mm-hmm. to Ronald Jones, in addition to Keyshawn Vaughn and Procise, who is not a lock to make this team by any means. But then you draft a running back in this draft class, and, and there's your stable for 2021.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I see the James White and Deion Lewis allure to a degree, but I really think they might be. I mean, it's been a while since they were really guys you could count on. I know early in their careers, and running back is just such a position where youth is is so much more superior. There's not many guys that have aged that well at the position. And they're, I know they're not ancient, but – and pass protection, too. That's what I think about, too. I Pass protection. Do they really help the team in that degree? I mean, I don't think they do at all, really. And, and that's something where, again, I'm not saying he's going to get signed nor would I sign him. I would need to take a longer look than I have. But that's somewhere where Rex Burkhead's been really cut his teeth. I mean, it's a big reason why he's in the league right now. Plus, special teams impact as well yeah. is greater with him. And so, it, yeah, if one of those three Patriots guys does come to the Bucks, it's going to be very – I mean, what they cost is going to be a big part of it. And yep. nobody's going to be cheaper than Rex Burkhead either. I don't right. think. And so, um, yeah, and, I think and, and, still think Burkhead could be the guy. Honestly, even if it's let's say like Lashawn McCoy's gone, um, you know, let's say it's just Rojo and Vaughn, and right. they're looking for two or three backs to bring in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, sure. I, I think he could be Burkhead. Could be one of those guys. There could be yeah. another free agent, and there could be a, a rookie to, another rookie too. Uh, sure. You know, cheap free agent.
1: And you're right, John. I mean let's let's look at the timetable. LaShawn McCoy wasn't signed until summer right. before training camp, right? And then Leonard Fournette wasn't added until the first week of September, right? So right. you could sit there, sign James White, draft a running back, and then see how Brookhead's progressing because, again, it might be a thing where teams stay away from him until the summer, given his age, given his injury. And if he gets a clean bill of health then in, in the summer, then you add him. And you say, all right, Rex, we're going to have you compete with James White, and we'll see which veteran pass catcher gets to stick around.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That could be the way that they look at it. Uh, they could keep five. They could make Burkhead inactive. They could make White inactive. They could make yeah. Vaughn inactive if he's still not out. They could yeah. cut Vaughn. I mean, I wouldn't rule that yeah. out. you know. I, because, I'm not saying those things are likely. But Here's
1: Robert Farmer. D- does Vaughn have potential? What, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on the very small sample size we saw, John? How would you define – Keyshawn Vaughn going into year two we we do know that Ronald Jones did not look heading into year two after Mm -hmm. a horrible rookie season anywhere like the Rojo we saw this past year which is a pretty darn good running back right what's your thoughts on on Vaughn based on what you saw last year during his rookie season
0: well I'm a big believer that we can be very critical of a guy's performance in one season but leave the door open for him to get better and improve um and so I leave that door open for Keyshawn Vaughn. I think he can be better than what he was this past season. Uh, there were a couple of runs he had. There's some good ones. He had Lions. I mean, I don't, honestly don't – not sure the Lions were even playing defense, uh, especially in the run game. Um, I really don't think I've seen offensive of lines just totally caved in the way that they were playing. It was ridiculous. But um, I, I – so I think that – I mean, he did some good things as a runner, but, again, ball security is huge. He didn't have that um, you know, throughout – Minimal touches, which is very concerning when you project him out to – or is this a guy we want to give more opportunities to touch the football? Dropped a ton of passes, even ones that didn't go unofficially as drops. He should have caught a couple of those. Um, so really no way you could say it's anything other than disappointing. Um, somebody you can't count on, especially when you consider – I also wasn't a huge fan of him coming out. I thought the Bucks right. had reached on him. We talked about that on the draft show at the time. I thought they reached when they didn't have a running back at that point. They felt like he was a best guy and they reached for a need – uh, which you never want to do, especially a running back. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's going to be a major factor in Tampa Bay long term. But I leave the door open for me to be wrong too. I'm not ruling the kid out. I'm not saying cut him. I'm not saying like you know th- don't you know give him a chance. Absolutely, you give him a chance uh, because yeah. you know there were moments. I think you know the touchdown. I forget who it was against now, uh, but um, you know there was there was moments of good things. Um,
1: the touchdown was against the Chargers.
0: Yeah, that's right, in the comeback, right. Um, that was the first sign. We, that was the first we saw we we'd seen right. Yvonne at that point. So leave the door open for him. Don't plan on it. That's my strategy with it. So you go into free agency, you look at the options. One option that's super attra- attractive to me, Scott, is Duke Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the cost will be, but I just don't know if it's going to be very high. And you know, Duke Johnson, is, his career is so interesting. Everywhere his career, he's been – give him a bigger role, give him a bigger role, give him a bigger role that's not going to happen. You know, he is a guy that would be good to add to the room. I would still draft one. I'd still think it's an ego into the draft, but he gives you a pass catcher for sure. uh, Adequate protector. um, But he gives you a pass catching option who is proven. He can make plays in space. He can run routes. um, He can do those kinds of things. He's proven that throughout his entire career. He's not too old yet where it's past the point where he could contribute. Um, And I think his price tag might be down because there hasn't been much recent success and he's a running back. So I think in this off season, so I think, you're going to be able to find guys that are affordable, I think, and he could be one of the guys I would consider.
1: Yeah, another interesting name is is Jarek McKinnon, who signed a big deal with the 49ers a couple of years ago, then got hurt and really mm-hmm. really lost two years before coming back last year. He was a player the Bucks were very interested in as a pass-catching running back mm-hmm. in Dirk Cutter's final season. Um, but they lost out from a money standpoint to the 49ers they got outbid. And it's just one of those things that that, that they're – you know they they're totally looking for um uh, you know a running back that can catch the ball and this is a guy that
0: can catch the ball mm-hmm. right well i like Jarek mckinnon i've actually really every time i was watching a 49ers game this past year i was like man i i wonder if Jarek mckinnon's like if he has it because remember he was two years he missed basically yep. with that injury mm-hmm. um and i was like i just don't know what the, and then all of a sudden he'd have a good game and he breaks some tackles yep. and he made people miss and he looked back to his normal healthy ways, then he would barely play. And I, you know, that's it's how Cal Shannon always is with running backs, but it's just yeah. so weird. There's a lot of his running backs actually are on or in free agency this year. And, you know, I, again, I tend to say they're probably outside zone guys. I mean, that's really always where Tevin Coleman has thrived. Right. Um, some of these guys have really been, I mean, uh, same thing with Matt Breda. Um, Some of these guys are really more, maybe a little bit of system backs to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd be wary of that for that rule. But again, as pass catchers, yeah, like that, you're talking about that kind of an impact. And I definitely yeah. think that's an area that right. uh, again, a couple of these guys, I mean, TJ Yeldon is another one. He mm-hmm. is never going to be a great option for you in the running game. Right. But he, again, we're talking about very cheap. Remember the bucks mm-hmm. don't have much space. That's right. Bottom to you know bottom of the of the roster type of um type of players, type of contributors. And he's a guy that's been able to he's pass protected before, he's caught mm-hmm. the football out of the backfield and done some of those kind of things. So again, I, I think it's cheap options that you're looking for to provide depth for the backfield. Yeah, but none of these guys are the answer, right? Scott, I mean, right, you're probably not finding the answer in free agency if you're the Bucs. I, I
1: think you're right. Two other names I want to throw out there, just because we've talked about some guys that might be able to to catch the ball and maybe replace Fournette on third downs and, and LaShawn McCoy in that role. But if you're looking for a guy that can potentially split carries as well and kind of be more of that Fournette in terms of a of a guy that can help you on first and second down and and, and really split time with, with Ronald Jones, there's two interesting names. Carolina's Mike Davis, a bigger back, 5'9", 221. At age 28, he's no spring chicken anymore, but he's coming off of a career-high 642 yards rushing. And six touchdowns last year, where he had to play really as the starter for Christian McCaffrey, who good player, yeah, only suited yeah. up for a couple you know games. But this is a, a player that caught fifty nine passes for three hundred and seventy three yards and two touchdowns. He made three million dollars last year. He probably wants a pay increase, but with all of these running backs that are going to be in the draft class this year, plus some some other guys in free agency like Fournette, uh, like an Aaron Jones, who are going to get more money. Um, I think Davis is going to be relegated to probably getting around $3 million and maybe even less mm-hmm. again. And I think that he could be – He worked
0: guy. Devin White. There was a route where he worked Devin White uh, in, yeah, in the sure. first
1: game, I think it was. In the first game, John, he had eight catches for 74 yards against the Bucks yeah. in week right. two. So I, I think that's a name to keep an eye on after the initial wave of free agency. He goes unsigned. Maybe he wants a ring. Maybe the, the Bucks get him for you know $1.5 to $2 million on a one-year prove-it deal. Mm. And he can kind of be – in the mix as well another guy that has gone against the buccaneers twice uh, this past season is jamal williams from green bay uh, you know aaron jones was the lead dog there then then they drafted um, aj dillon from boston college and he and jamal williams kind of got the scraps at the same time this is a player that's rushed for no less than 460 yards in each of his four seasons in the nfl so he can run the ball too he's totaled 1,985 yards and 10 touchdowns running the ball over four years in Green Bay. And he's also had no less than 25 catches for 210 yards in any season. And last year, or I should say in total, he has 122 receptions for 961 yards. It's a healthy eight-yard average with eight touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So this is a a, a player. Good
0: pass protector too. Good pass protector.
1: Good pass protector. 505 yards rushing, two touchdowns last year. He had a 4.2 average. Caught 31 passes for 236. Actually,
0: yards. I like that ad, Scott. I like that. That yeah. that might be a Bucks best bet for your boy here. I it, like that. It might
1: be. And he's 25 years old. He's he stays healthy. He's a I love them coming out. Friends. Yeah. And 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 really, again, because um he he has had modest production, he's not gonna break the bank, I don't think, in free agency. Mm-hmm. So that's no. another name to keep an eye on.
0: Right. No, I agree with you. I don't think he'll break the bank either. The one thing I would say is that if Aaron Jones moves on, and I don't know if we know what's going to happen there yet, though I could see Green Bay trying to trying to keep him. I know they drafted A.J. Jones in the second round last year, but Jamal Williams is the guy they really value. They like him. They played him even with Aaron Jones being as good as he is, that he got yep. to play and run the ball and catch the ball, protect. He's a better protector between he and Aaron Jones. is a big reason why he saw the field. Um, funny thing about uh, J- uh, Jamal Williams, actually, is he's the guy that if you remember before the Packers – uh Patriots game he's the guy that was interviewed I forget where he was I'm sorry I wish I could remember Packers some one of the Packers media Mm -hmm. things that's out there a podcast that's out there they interviewed him before the game and he said I know my quarterback would know what quarter it is or or how many downs there are left he's like so I know my quarterback wouldn't be throwing the ball away um he said something like that joking but obviously Bucks fans reacted and then Rodgers comes out and throws the ball Packers game before the first Bucks Packers game gotcha yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, right. so, so Greg DeCruz, uh, please don't draft a running back in the first round. Bucks need running back or Bucks need depth along the defensive line, even if they re sign Shaq and Sue. Listen, I, I'm all in favor of that um, in terms of, of getting depth, and I want them to take the best player available. But I'm going to have re- to, to retort here. Yes, I, I do think you should draft a running back in the first round if the right guy's there. Uh, my weapon of choice would be Javante Williams from North Carolina. Uh, John, you had Najee Harris from Alabama in in your first round mock draft for all 32 NFL teams. And the logic in drafting a running back is this. You're picking number 32. That's Mm. the end of the first round. The beginning of the second round is pick number 33. So you can look at pick number 32 as a first rounder. It's essentially a high second rounder. Um, But the benefit that you get is you get the, the fifth-year option. That's one, two, three, four, five. Fifth-year option with a first-round draft pick. Where that's beneficial for the Buccaneers, and I, I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily see the logic in drafting a running back in the top five or top 10 mm-hmm. or top 20 even, but at 32, why not? Because you get that that guy for five years. And, and he's and, probably
0: only valuable for five years. He's either, probably
1: only way. valuable for, for five years. And 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 you get that that running back. Imagine if Ronald Jones had another year, right? If, if this if this was year four, but somehow, some way he got a fifth year option, right? That would be great to have Ronald Jones, you know, arrow pointing up in this year. And you know that you have him for for one more year after that.
0: Sidebar. So, what if they didn't pick up his fifth year option because he can't catch? Well, that that probably happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it probably
0: happens. But the thing is, though, is, is
1: what I'm saying but is – Yeah, I
0: get what you're saying. Like
1: said, you, you you want it to to get a running back and play him four or five years and then move mm-hmm. on just because the value of the position is not there with the second contract in terms of the amount of dollars you're going to spend and the production you're going to get. It just It's rare in this day and age that that's right. the case because the right. league is a
0: passing league. Yeah, for sure. And somebody asked um, – let's see if I can find it in here. Somebody asked, would there be interest in Travis Etienne if he were to drop down the board? Oh, yes, there would be great interest in Travis Etienne. Uh, it was uh, yeah. Daniel wars who asked it. Great interest in Travis Etienne if he drops down the board. I mean, I'm not kidding you guys when I yeah. tell you, and I'll write about it. As soon as we get through the free agency wave, I know everybody's tension there. I'll be writing about some of the stuff. But uh, Travis Etienne and Najee Harris are pass-catching backs, the likes yeah. of which we just do not typically see. And I love – Javante Williams tape and, and he is a good pass catching back from what we've seen he's fine in that role too and there's guys there's guys we'll talk about in a minute as day three options that are good pass catching options but Najee Harris mosses guys down the field like a wide receiver for touchdowns it's yeah. happened it's all on tape what he does after the catch I mean crazy breaking tackles jumping right. over guys Travis Etienne same thing contested catches acceleration in space is unbelievable so yes yeah. if you get the chance to add these guys to your teams they should be consideration. Do I think running back is, a, is the spot I want to spend my first round pick most of the time? No, but I'm also not naive enough to say no matter what, never never do it. I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be on the board. I've watched most of the edge rushers in this class. Right. I don't think the, the ones I would value at 32 are going to be there. There's some developmental guys. Maybe they'd pan out in the, with the Bucks. I don't know. Maybe there would be a big role eventually. Yeah. And, There's know, like, gonna be a big role eventually for Najee Harris or Travis Etienne this year. In, in this year. And this year, and that's the key
1: because if you do resign Levante David, your franchise Chris Godwin, you resign Shaq Barrett, and Dom Kasu comes back, Ron comes back. If if those players alone come back, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and Ryan Suckup, you better resign Ryan Suckup, Jason Light. If that happens, okay, where is your first round pick going to get on the field? From a value standpoint, because the goal is to is to you know restock, reload, and go for another Super Bowl. And I get it, and I'm I'm all about it. If you resign those players though, where is the spot? Where is that first round draft pick gonna see meaningful snaps on the field mm-hmm. in his rookie season? And even though he has five years like on the clock with the fifth year option, you know, you don't want to burn a year and just have that guy on the bench, right? Unless you're drafting a quarterback for the long term, like the Packers did with Jordan Love. Okay, but but the reality of this is running back is where that first-round pick can get on the field, share snaps, and yes. play meaningful downs and reps. Mm-hmm. And you would need that because, again, you need to have a plan in place in case Ronald Jones has 1,200 yards rushing this year and yes. gets a crazy, crazy contract in free agency. Then you say goodbye, right. and you have this guy in the hopper that he's played his rookie season. Maybe he gets four to 500 yards. Maybe you get 600, whatever. And then you, then he's your starter when Ronald Jones leaves in free agency in 2022.
0: Yep. It's exactly right. You have to have the plan B ready in place or the plan, a new plan A, because literally Ronald Jones would have to single handedly carry a Tom Brady less Buccaneers team to the Super Bowl to get a second contract. I, yeah. I just honestly believe that. I mean, he is yeah. just not going to get a second contract in Tampa Bay. And
1: merge as a third down weapon
0: right i mean yes right he'd have to it would have to be a transformation the likes of which you know again like it would just yep. be a big huge jump and maybe it happens we'll see right. I, anyway i just don't think they're going to spend money on him so there has to be what's the plan after that it could draft a running back next year sure i mean right. obviously don't reach at that position but i'm just saying it has to be a priority again your other positions yep. of need i mean there are going to be options on the board the trenches are where the bucks really i would say need to draft and that's mm-hmm. where i would prioritize even over running back i would say Let's prioritize it. you know. But if Najee Harris is on the board at 32 and you're in a Super Bowl window and you know the next year and two really matter, I mean, yeah, having a guy that can contribute out of the backfield, especially as a receiver the way right. he can, that turns those two-yard gains into six, seven, eight-yard gains, mm-hmm. they don't have that, and that would have been a huge difference on their team this year if yep. they had it. And, so, and again, somebody said Brady's not going to check down with the Bucs. Brady isn't checked down when the receivers are bad. Like he checks down when that's the right read. It's part of the read. It's not like a give up. It's part of the read. Like yeah. if this happens, if this defender drops off on this route, he's throwing you know, the, the flat, which some people would right. say is the check down. It's not always literally a check down when you throw it to a running back. There's lots of ways to get him involved. Watch David Johnson under Bruce Arians exactly. in Arizona, and that's the kind of stuff Najee Harris, especially because yeah. I don't think Etienne's gonna has a chance of being there. Uh, that's not what's Najee here. So, Bucks fans, pray Najee Harris runs the 4 6 and he can be on the board like Clyde Edwards, hilarious. Because I don't care about speed at running back. I know he has all the things I care about. Yeah. So,
1: Stash Love, it kind of picks up on that. You guys are putting way too much emphasis on running back catching yeah. uh, out of the backfield. Brady checked down so much in New England because his receivers weren't good. Not the case here in Tampa. I I, I agree with with that. But also, John, what you're saying uh, merits a lot of, of consideration, too. Why? Because of what you just mentioned, David Johnson. You don't think. That Bruce Arians, uh, who was a former running backs coach and a quarterback at Virginia Tech, would love to run some wheel routes to have Mm -hmm. some some uh, some Texas routes for for guys to catch the ball. He does. He wants that. Mm -hmm. Some screen passes for sure, and that's that's where a guy um, like Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, Mm, uh, you were
0: going to get there,
1: is an absolute stud. I mean, interesting, uh, you know, look at, at Gainwell here. He played one year. At Memphis, as a redshirt freshman, actually he played two years, but he played four games as a true freshman, then redshirted for the rest of the season uh, after some spot production. But this is a guy that that kept Patrick Taylor Jr. on the bench as a senior and also Antonio Gibson pretty much forced him. And by the way, Gibson was a second-round pick by the, the Washington football team last for, year. Thir- and the early him. Yeah, early, th- early third, yeah. Yeah, but uh, – the reason – yeah, that's right. The Bucs were looking at him in the second right, round. Right, right, right.
0: They would have taken him in the second round if it for Winfield. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But um kept Antonio Gibson um, in a relegated running back role, actually forced him to play more wide receiver just to get Gibson on the field. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, at, at Gainwell's production in that one year at Memphis, which was 2019, he didn't play last year. He opted out due to COVID. 231 carries 100 i'm sorry 1459 yards that's a 6.3 average and 13 touchdowns but what makes him so attractive john 51 catches 51 yeah. catches mm-hmm. 610 yards john that's a sick 12.0.0 he average.
0: played in the slot he played in the slot we're talking about a a, yes. a diverse skill set here i mean yeah. some people have said he, he could be a receiver
1: route. yeah he ran routes uh, mm-hmm. as a wide receiver just look at the two-lane game right He had three touchdowns, including two in that game Um, as a receiver. John, he had 18 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown against Tulane. But he also caught nine passes for 203 yards and two touchdowns. And the week before that, he had 106 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He had eight catches for 98 yards against Temple in his Mm -hmm. final game against Penn State. Nine carries, 34 yards against the stingy Penn State front uh, seven, and, and a touchdown. But he had seven catches, 78 yards. That's a healthy 11 yard average. So this is a player that the Buccaneers, I think, would would really you know keep an eye on, maybe in that that middle round. It's interesting because he's he's only five eleven, 191 pounds. The Memphis Pro Day would be uh, on March 19th. Is he over 200 pounds now? That's that's kind of like where you want to see running backs in terms of size. But he reminds me an awful lot of a former Kansas City Chiefs running back. Didn't really do much in the NFL as a first-round pick in 1987, mm-hmm. I believe. But Bruce Arians knows him. He's Paul Palmer. He was a five-nine, 188-pound running back at a temple. He's actually the Heisman Trophy runner-up mm-hmm. back in 1986. And this is a cat that, that when I look at – at Kenneth Gainwell reminds me a lot of Paul Palmer, a very versatile running back, undersized, good contact balance, can can break and slip tackles, doesn't have the blazing speed that's gonna like just rip off eighty yard runs, although he has done a, a couple of a, he has a couple of long runs on his mm-hmm. resume. But he's a guy that can consistently get the twenty yard dashes in, in the NFL, and that's more reasonable. Right.
0: Yeah, that's a good breakdown on Kenneth Gainwell. Another place where we do really good breakdowns is at locker room, which is a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community better sports talk is just a tap away download on the apple app store and join the conversation today locker room we had it on two one on tuesday night it was great uh bucks briefing kind of breakdown but also went into really we had a lengthy discussion it was probably we had 20 25 people in there i think at one point Rand was in there jack barrett who you see in the chat now they were in there a couple others who probably are in this chat that i'm forgetting but they were all in there, and there was a healthy discussion going on about whether the Bucks should prioritize re-signing Levante David, Chris Godwin, or Shaq Barrett, who they should prioritize, who they should prioritize the least out of those three. Mm-hmm. It was a great discussion. There was lots of really good points being made, and uh, we learned a lot. It was great. It was awesome. So if you're interested in those kind of things, fans, and your fans out there, uh, download Locker Room, follow Pewter Report. Uh, you'll get, I'll get sent invites when we go live, and you'll be able to jump in and join some of the sweetest conversations on the web, so it's uh, been a lot of fun. All right, so you talked about your guy Gainwell. I've talked about my guy Michael Carter on other podcasts from UNC, uh, a good pass catcher, a good pass protector as well. That's something I value um, a lot, and I think that we need to make sure we're also thinking about when we think about this. As the Bucks, I'm sure, are thinking about when we oh. think about who this who this back's going to be. Courtney right. says thumbs up on Gainwell too. Yeah. Spoiler
1: alert. The Peter Report mock draft, Buck Seven Round mock draft comes out tomorrow, and it's version number two. Gainwell is in it for the Bucks. Find out where he is tomorrow on PeterReport.com. Uh, he's a tremendous running back. We don't, we don't have Javante Williams in this mock, um, but he might he might appear in my mock draft on, um, on in my Bucks battle plan, John. I don't give away too much, but you know our battle plans start next week. Right. I got oh yeah. Monday. So so uh, we, we have the Pewter Report seven-round mock draft version 2.0 that comes out tomorrow instead of the Fab Five. And then next week, we've got my Bucks battle plan, Mark Cook's, yours, Matt Materas, and Taylor Jenkins. So make sure you're locked into pewterreport.com tomorrow, all through the weekend, and all through next week, leading up to free agency, where we talk about what the Bucks should do in free agency and what we think each each one of us comes up with our own mock draft. So it's a really cool insight to all of Pew Reporters. Wheels are turning. What do we have the Buccaneers doing? That's next week on Pewterreport.com in yep. our Bucks
0: battle plans. Yeah, that's going to be a good one for sure. You know what else is a good one, Scott? I'm excited about this. We have a brand new sponsor on the podcast, PlaybookProducts.com. Check out these mugs. This is just one of the products they sell. If you go to PlaybookProducts.com, they sell mugs and coasters and stuff with the plays on them, the key plays from games that buy your bucks and buy other teams too. If you're a fan of another team jumping in here, I know we have a lot of Patriots fans in here, key plays and key moments in those franchises history. They sell those plays. You can see the Rondé Parber pick six, uh, to shut down the vet here. Uh, They have it on a mug. It's so sweet. It's such a cool idea. So if you're a coffee drinker, go over to playbook products, check out some of their, some of their uh, stuff that they have. They have coasters like this too, with plays on them. They also have some more recent ones. I think the Scotty Miller touchdown against green bays on there. They have some, uh, some other plays that are more recent too. There's also some cool plays in box history. So definitely check out playbookproducts.com. Check out some of their merchandise. We're going to have more of their stuff. They're sending us some stuff we're going to have. We're going to be able to show it to you guys on the show. We're going to talk about some of that stuff, but it's, it's really cool stuff. Yeah. Courtney says their coasters are awesome. She's already familiar with it. Um, it's really good stuff, though. So definitely make sure uh, that you check out uh, playbookproducts.com. We're proud sponsors uh, of the Peter Report podcast as well. Um, Jack has wanted to know about Ramondre Stevenson. I've seen you mention this, Jack. I've seen a few runs of him. Mm-hmm. I got to watch more of Stevenson. There are some people who really like him. Yeah. When you say like Garrett Blunt, it makes me laugh because I saw one run and I was like, that's the like Garrett Blunt. Like yeah. guys, just literally hitting him and falling. Like it was yeah. just, I mean, it was crazy. It was like they can't tackle. But really, I think it was just that's yeah. how big Stevenson he's is.
1: He's got a little bit of, of Najee Harrison. him. Mean, he's a big target, not as tall as Najee. I think Najee is around six two. I think, I think Stevenson's around five eleven. Um, but Stevenson played around two hundred and forty pounds at Oklahoma. And when when Trey Sermon left to go to Ohio State, he was the guy that uh, you know they went ahead and and uh, and replaced him as more of a feature back kind of guy, but but yet didn't really earn the trust to be that every down feature back. Um, they split the carries a, a lot of ways at Oklahoma. And I think he's an okay back. I think he had a decent senior bowl. Yeah. But I, I really think that he's probably a day three option. I don't expect him right. to run really fast. Right. Um, I wouldn't rule him out, but he he's not my draft crush. Uh, I've yeah. i got a couple. And, uh, you know, I'd be interested in dating him, but right now I'm seeing some other people.
0: <laughs> this is very true of you. And when you say yeah. some other people, you mean people, plural. Oh, yeah. That's the way you roll with this running back class. Yes. So, I, I'm uh, currently
1: dating Javante Williams, uh, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Kenneth Gainwell.
0: <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell.
1: And if I have any more uh dates later in the week then i'll pick up some others so right michael
0: carter maybe somebody like that yeah Yeah. got you uh ren wants to know if we've looked at off-ball linebackers so we are kind of going position by position we touched this week on edge defenders on monday so if you're wondering about edge defenders seen some people ask some people asked about joseph asai from texas go back to monday's listen i talked about Asai specifically because he's the guy that commonly gets mocked to the box um we also talked about um defensive tackles on Tuesday, so if you're interested in defensive tackles, we touched on a couple draft options at 32. We touched on free agency options and the Bucs' current roster situation at, at right. defensive tackle. Wednesday, they did a and a yesterday with the guys. Uh, so check that one out. They might have talked about some of that stuff in there. And then today, we were focused on a running back. Next week, though, to kick off the week, we are going to explore a topic that no Bucs fan wants to think about, Scott. Life without Levante David, if it happens. God help us if it happens. But if yeah. it happens, we got to have you all prepared for some options at the position. Uh, and, and Jared, of really,
1: when you, when you look at this, and, and you know, if they lose Labonte David, I mean, you can you can throw running back out of the mix at thirty two. I think they're looking at at off the ball linebacker there at thirty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chaz uh, Soret from North Carolina is is an interesting uh, yeah. guy that that really flashed to me as as a Buccaneer type of linebacker. He can really blitz. Athletic. A, a, and very athletic um, s- still a little lost in coverage, but this is a guy that was a, was a converted quarterback. So he's still learning how to play defense, but very good athlete. Mm-hmm. But speaking of insurance policies, John, it's not just drafting a, a linebacker at 32 in case Levante, David leaves, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers would have their bases covered because while I would love to see them re-sign Kevin Minter, he's more of a special teams guy and, and kind of a, of a, of a fill-in guy, we saw Minter play play pretty decent football for a couple games when White missed uh, some games due to COVID. But the real insurance play is over at Briar Greaves, John. I think yeah. that's, that's oh yeah.
0: Absolutely. Talk about our friends over at Briar Greaves. That's where the play is. What a world uh,
1: this, this has been in this this past 2020 season. God, I, I even hate mentioning 2020 other than the Bucks had a really good year uh, because it was a bad year for pretty much everybody else, uh, including people in the insurance world, because there's a, a record number of named storms with over 30 storms. Uh, flooding uh, in different parts of the country, in addition to wildfires. Then you had the polar vortex hit Texas in the Midwest in early 2021, not to mention the whole pandemic that's still gripping the country. So with commercial property and homeowner rates, they're increasing as a result due to the the industry, all these catastrophes. It's more important than ever to double check your insurance policy, and you can do that at Briar Greaves. Briar Greaves is the company that I trust for my home insurance, and I want to tell you about them. You can learn more at briargreavesinsurance.com. You can give them a call. Talk to Sam and Briar. They're big Buccaneer fans and proud sponsors of the Peter Report podcast. Their number is 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166. Life insurance, commercial insurance, homeowners insurance, auto insurance, and even boat insurance here in Florida. Only one place to turn, Briar Greaves Insurance. Check them out at briargreavesinsurance.com.
0: Good questions here about linebackers. I know people already want to get into it. Somebody mentioned Nick Bolton. Leroy Williams mentioned Nick Bolton. Definitely, we'll be talking some Nick Bolton. I've got some Nick Bolton things to say on Monday. So we will dive deep into linebacker. We'll have a lengthy discussion there on Monday. We'll kick off the week in style. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Subscribe to the Pewter Report podcast. Pewter Report TV on YouTube. Send us your super chats when you can. Super chats. Uh, for super chats, fell off fall off a little bit since the Bucks won yeah. the Super Bowl. That doesn't mean we don't, we still need money over here. Yeah. Bucks might have their Super Bowl bonuses, but we didn't get any. We didn't get any rings, nothing. Um, so no, appreciate you all for sure. Um, so but we'll talk about Zayvon Collins. Uh, Ren, 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 saying the Tulsa kid could be really special. Look at Ren, he's acting like an NFL scout. The Tulsa kid can't say his name, don't remember him. I know what bar he goes to, I know, you know, what yeah. kind of shoes he wears, I know his, who, what girl he's dating, but I don't. I, I don't remember line, his guy. name, though. Yeah. That's a classic scout move by Red yeah. There, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll have some good stuff lined up for Monday's podcast. We'll launch in a linebacker. We'll touch on wide receivers next week and talk about Chris Godwin. By the way, we haven't even mentioned this. Deadline for Chris Godwin is the ninth, right, for the tag. What's the ninth? Okay. Is that a Tuesday? I don't
1: remember. It's Monday, I believe.
0: Monday. Okay, Monday. All right, so the deadline for Godwin and the franchise tag, I think, is Monday. Um so that's an obvious one that we're gonna have our eye on. Uh, they usually go that's right a
1: Tuesday.
0: My bad. It's a Tuesday. Okay. All right. They're gonna go. Those usually go down to the wire. That's yeah. how they do it. Try to work out the deal as long as you can, even yep. if you haven't talked. I don't understand it, but um, so we'll be have our eye on that one. We expect that one to happen. Uh, we'll also continue to talk about Shaq Barrett, Levante, David as the focus will eventually shift to those guys as we expect, as long with Gronk and AB. So we'll keep talking about those guys and sprinkling in that conversation. The other thing I want to mention is that if you're wondering who the Bucks are meeting with. What prospects are meeting with pre-draft? Go over to pewreport.com, bookmark the the page. I I I put it up today. The meeting tracker so far, we know of three meetings. Defensive tackle Darius Stills from WVU. The offensive tackle might be an offensive guard. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. He's probably a first-round target if he gets there to the Bucks. That would be an upset, but might happen. Um, and uh, cornerback Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Another guy who could be a thirty an option at thirty-two. Or in sixty-four, somewhere in that range of the draft, first or second round guy getting that kind of buzz right now. Not sure the Bucks will draft a corner that high, but they met with him virtually. So it's worth noting. We'll continue to update that as we hear with everything we hear, and we'll continue to repost it at the top of the site when we do update it. But definitely flat or uh, bookmark that page so that you can key, oh who are the bucks so, met with
1: for this year, John, because usually we're at the combine. We asked these players if they yes. met with the Buccaneers. That's that's one of the things we do at PeterReport.com. So no combine this year, everything's virtual. So we are placing calls, scouring the internet, looking for the reports, doing our own research, trying to find out which players the Bucks have met with, because that's a pretty good indicator. And, right. um, and, and as John said, we'll be, we'll be updating that all throughout this entire process mm-hmm. leading to the draft.
0: Right. Absolutely. Jack wants to know if we'll be doing an O-line show. Yeah, I think we'll do linebackers on Monday, O-line on Tuesday. We'll probably have Wednesday. We'll talk probably wide receivers, maybe mix in tight, some tight end talk into that one. And this is if no breaking news happens, obviously, or something like that. We'll mix in the draft chatter as we do at all these positions. And then Mm -hmm. on Thursday, we'll probably have a guest on, have somebody in mind actually uh, for that show. So it's going to be a fun time. So as always, thank you guys for another great week and for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.